Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. What is the number one thing that people say when you ask them, how are you doing? You're like, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm busy. I'm so busy. And it's what a terrible answer for a number of reasons. One, it doesn't tell anything about what you're doing or what you do. And two, it tells that person, don't hire me to do anything because I don't have time for you. So one of the things we're going to solve today on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast is how to create more time for yourself so you don't have to say, I'm busy. You can say, I'm doing great. I've got so much new business that I can't wait to take on another client. That's how great life is. So we're going to talk about that. Appreciate everyone uh, taking a moment to listen today. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast on C-Suite Radio and sponsored in part by powertexting.com. Powertexting.com gives a free hotel stay to one listener of every episode. So I look forward to telling you more about that a little bit later in the show. And one of the things obviously I always do is help clients with grow, how to get more clients, how to grow your business. If you're interested in that and we can create more time in your day through what you're going to learn today, now you can implement different ideas, different strategies in order to make more money because you have more time to do so. And to learn those strategies, go to freebookfromadam.com, eight strategies to grow your business without spending any money on advertising. It's step-by-step -step exactly what you need to grow your business. So uh, definitely take advantage of that um, because we're going to create time in your life today. And with that time, nothing better to do than to add more clients and more revenue to your business. So I'm so excited to have today's guest. She's the founder of Virtual Assist USA and an award-winning entrepreneur. Started her firm in 2008 and has qu quickly risen to the top of her industry. She also has an MBA, a traditional MBA, and she used some of that knowledge in helping to build her business and help other entrepreneurs, small businesses, and even larger businesses through the art and the, the strategies that you can use for a virtual assistant. Danielle Cuomo, thanks for joining today. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Adam. I'm excited. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great conversation because we all are busy, right? Yes. If, we're, if, we're, if we're not busy, then um, we're watching TV. And even then we might be busy <laughs> and just putting things off. So how can we scale ourselves as much as our business using a virtual assistant is what we're going to talk about today. But I want to first learn a little bit more about you. So you went a traditional path. You went to Penn State, got your bachelor's, got a traditional MBA. What did you do when you get out of school? Did you say, I'm starting a business? Or um, did you have a more traditional path first? I did. I took a traditional path. Um, entrepreneurship for me was really a discovery. It was something that I stumbled upon. Um, one of those things where you don't know that you like it until you try it. And like it was <laughs> not the very traditional route for me. Um, for me, I did everything in the exact way you order. You were supposed to do it. Um, college, MBA. I went to a consulting firm. And I eventually got laid off uh, during the economic downturn. So this was early 2008. And my entire department got laid off from the IT consulting firm that I was working with at the time. And I really didn't know what I was going to do next. Uh, and I figured this is just a bit of a time of any to, to start a business and, and dive right into entrepreneurship. Um, and so I did something really crazy, which was starting a business during the recession. But it actually turned out better than I could have imagined. So 
was very, very lucky in that regard. And that was in 2008. And now 11 years later, here I am. That's awesome. And, and you said something interesting there. You said this was the exact right time to start a business. Now, I believe you started in October 2008, which Correct. if you look at the calendar was probably the exact worst time people might say to start a business. <laughs> <laughs> why, yep. why would you say it was the best exactly. and why did it turn out to be the best? Well, I would say for the type of business that I have. So for having a virtual assisted business where clients will come to us as an alternative to hiring an employee. So the economic downturn was happening. The recession was happening. We were starting to get into the thick of it and businesses still were humming along and they still needed to run, but they didn't necessarily want to hire employees. And so for me and my type of business, it was just knowing the right kind of business to start at the right time in, in the recession. I wasn't starting a luxury business or a travel business or a lifestyle business. It was something that was the right fit for what was happening in the country and the world at that time. Very cool. And did you start as, were you the virtual assistant to start or did you hire an employee from the get-go? I was not the virtual assistant to start. So my background was in IT consulting and I really did not have any experience in admin um, or marketing or web, which is what the main areas of or main core competencies were at the time. So I started immediately with hiring employees and my job was to get new clients, to be the face of the company, to work with our clients, to, to learn what to delegate and, and to really consult with them on a, a more intimate level. But I started hiring right away people that knew a lot more than I did and that were, were better and, and smarter than I was. And um, I'm proud to say that I still do have some of those uh, same folks working with me. So that's exciting as well. So you got this. You started a business in, in an economic downturn. You had small business clients and, and probably some larger ones, depending on, yeah. mm -hmm. on on the first ones that came in. But all of those people. I mean, I remember that time. There was a lot of fear in the in the economy. There was a lot of fear in business. So people were laying off people, but they still needed to get the work done. I'm guessing that's where you and you and your your teammates came in, correct? Exactly. And to that point, I really spoke to the fear because using a virtual assistant was a completely flexible solution. There was no commitment or no obligation to continue. Um, clients could use a virtual assistant for a handful of hours and then not use a VA anymore. And that spoke really um, it spoke really directly to the folks that, that did have that fear, that were scared. They didn't want to hire an employee and deal with the bureaucracy and compliance of that. And then, of course, laying off that employee and, and being on the hook for unemployment and all sorts of things like that. So I really spoke to that fear. And, and that's how it, um, it worked out so well from the beginning. So I want to talk about some of the things that you learned along this journey. Because you started the business... Um, at, as, an, as a former IT consultant, so you didn't, you knew how to work with clients, but you didn't necessarily know how to run a business from the start other than what you learned through your education. Right. But you also had to educate your clients at the same time on how to use a virtual assistant and how to get over the not, that, not having that person in their office. So what did you learn along the way in starting it and, and getting it up and running? But what did you also learn from your clients in how to train them to understand how to use a virtual assistant? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what I did see in both in my job and in my work as an entrepreneur is how uh, entrepreneurs and how small business owners worked. Uh, you've probably seen this in your career as well, Matt. Folks will get 
that shiny object syndrome. So they will get focused on the next big thing and they'll never really complete um, the initial task at hand. And they keep going in this cycle and they never slow down and have the time to, to complete and move on to the next thing. And they never again slow down and have the, the chance for themselves to sort of triage their priorities and say, this is important, but it's not urgent, or this is urgent, but it's not important. And all of those, those dynamics come in really in any type of business, whether you're in a larger corporation or you're a solo entrepreneur, and it's just sort of human nature for all of us. So that was something that I did have experience in, in my job and, and of course then with my clients as well. And so I was able to, to really speak to that with them and help them just to slow down, to dissect those different pieces of the project up and, and come out on top. Nice. And, and, you, and you have, I mean, the business has lasted 11 years and is thriving and you've got clients that you've had for a long time. You've got assistants that you've had for a long time. What has allowed that success to continue without getting tripped up by a crazy good economy where people can afford to hire full-time versus a down economy when, when virtual assistants and, and cost savings are a big deal? I think it really comes into the value that we bring our clients. So some clients are looking for cost savings and they'll hire a virtual assistant for that reason. And other clients are looking for um, a one-stop shop. They're looking for a company where they can get admin done, but they can also get their website worked on. They can have their social media managed. They can have their podcasts edited. All of those things. So we do have some clients that are, are looking for a one-stop shop, and that's the value that we bring there. We have other clients that, again, they might not be looking for the cost savings over hiring an employee, but they're just looking for someone to be a right-hand support and be really proactive with them. They're looking for the type of virtual assistant that can say, hey, this is not the most efficient way to do this. I think that you can be doing this better or faster or cheaper, and here are my suggestions to do that and being that um, proactive type of personality. So there's all sorts of different reasons that clients will seek out our company and seek out working with a virtual assistant. And it's just about speaking to those different desires and, and different needs that have, have helped in our success. We are on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Uh, as I said, we are sponsored by powertexting.com and they give a hotel stay to one lucky listener of every episode. If you go to podcasttrip.com and uh, just put Danielle Cuomo in the uh, podcast episode that you listen to, someone will win that trip. And uh, we're discussing the power of virtual assistance in your business with Danielle Cuomo. She can be reached if you go to virtualassistsusa.com. Uh, there's tons of good information on her site. Any questions you send through there, she actually answers personally. So you will get to connect with her directly. So you can learn more about how a virtual assistant can help in your business. And Danielle, I want to ask about that. Let's Let's walk people through the the process, if you've never had a virtual assistant, it can seem a little daunting. I know sometimes you send things out and I've used virtual assistants in the past. And when that person's not in front of you, you may not know them. Um, there's a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation maybe for some of the people. Yeah. So what is the process to get started with you and to work with your firm and the, and the assistants that you have? Yeah. Well, first, Adam, I, I certainly understand that fear. Um, that's something that we speak to directly. So something that we do that is a little bit more unique is that all of our virtual assistants are my full-time employees. And so we don't hire any contractors, um, third-party freelancers, part-timers, anything like that. Um, everyone is a full-time employee. And so 
you can expect that during the day you're able to pick up the phone or hop on a video chat or send a text message and and get a response from your virtual assistant or again if you're doing a video chat see your virtual assistant and that really speaks to the credibility and the trust factor so having our model be set up as we're using employees rather than freelancers or contractors uh, definitely helps with that as well to, to get started, uh, clients just go to our website at virtualassistusa.com. They answer just a few questions, um, their name, their business, and how we can help them. Then I jump on a phone call with them, or we can talk via email. It's totally up to them. And we have them fill out an onboarding questionnaire. That talks a little bit about not only the skill set that they're looking for and other practical areas like the time zone and that sort of thing, but we're also looking to make the right personality fit uh, match and work behavior match there. So we ask a few questions. There's no right or wrong answers to that, but we just want to get that that right mesh there between the two personalities and uh, we get the virtual assistant and the client matched up that day. And so it's a very quick uh, one day process. Interesting. And so, so it sounds like you get a virtual assistant. You don't work with a team of virtual assistants or are there options? You if get a, uh, a dedicated virtual assistant. So you do get the opportunity to work with the same person day in and day out, just like an employee. But we also have a large team of virtual assistants. And so there's a benefit there where if something is out of your VA's wheelhouse. Um, so for example, if you're working with an admin VA, but you need some work on your WordPress site, then because we have a large team, you can work with one of our VAs and, and pull them in that has the WordPress experience there. And also, um, if your virtual assistant is out sick or on a planned vacation, again, because we have a large team, we just pull someone right in, we have a trained backup available, and, and the clients don't experience any type of service interruption there. I love that. So, so I get somebody and I can build a personal relationship, but at the same time, if I need additional skills or I need something done, maybe off hours for my virtual assistant, I can still get that support. Exactly. Yeah. So we try to be the, the best at both worlds there. And that's exactly something you don't get having your own, your own employee. Right. Right. <laughs> so exactly. it, <laughs> are there different price points? So, so I'm a, I'm, you know, one person, I've got a, a number of people I work with, but I'm one person in one business versus a Fortune 500 company? Are there scales? Are there more tenured folks that um, may be more expensive? Or um, is, is a, the price point the same for every, every client that you work with? Uh, the price point is the same for every client, um, every VA. We do that just to be the most um, transparent and easy for our clients to budget for. Um, we do offer discounts if clients purchase a package of hours up front. Um, so that's one way that the price changes. But other than that, um, for any type of skill set that you're using, the price is, is always going to be the same. That's awesome. So you always get the most talented people. Exactly. I love that. And so um, you, you've won a lot of awards. And this, this is a, a little bit different direction. It's not as much on the business, but you've won a lot of awards in, in um, in your career, the Chase Bank Smart 50 Innovation Award, the Athena Young Professionals Award, the mm -hmm. Stiletto Women in Business Award, that one sounds kind of cool, yeah. um, <laughs> Pittsburgh's 50 Finest. Um, mm -hmm. For business owners out there, you know, how did those come about? Did these people seek you out and um, found out about you? Did you do speaking and, uh, and people learn about it? How do you win these awards? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people doing great work out there that may not be noticed in the greater city that they're in, and you've, you've cracked that code. Yeah, and I would say that has been um, a wonderful experience for me. It's 
really rewarding to um, be recognized, but also through those experiences, I've met a lot of other really wonderful, experienced, innovative entrepreneurs who are um, also a part of those awards programs. And that's been a tremendous benefit for me just to learn from and, and be mentored by those other entrepreneurs as well. There are so many different opportunities out there um, for different classifications, whether it is for young professionals, so a certain age group, um, alumni of a certain school, um, again, a, a location, so your specific city or region. And for me, it was just about um, getting out there. Typically, in those types of situations, um, the companies that are running those awards programs will seek out entrepreneurs. They'll be looking at LinkedIn profiles, different media opportunities, even something as simple as your website. So having a, a great story, a great hook, and um, being able to, to welcome those opportunities in, it's really been um, a great experience for me. So for others that are just looking to also capitalize on um, that type of recognition and say just making sure that all of your information is out there. If you have a unique story, um, such as you started your business at a really young age or you um, are a first generation entrepreneur or again, even just your location, making sure that all of that information is available and out there somewhere, whether that's on your website or your LinkedIn profile and uh, those people will, will find you. Great. Congratulations on the awards. Congratulations on the success there. Success there. And, and I appreciate the, 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 the initial direction you took that because that leads to, you know, just the art of client attraction. You said that by being in the community and, and being nominated and, and awarded some of these things, you learn, you meet other entrepreneurs in your area, some of which become mentors, but I'm sure a lot of which can become clients for you. So how do you find your clients? Because there's, you know, whatever, 32 million small businesses in the United States and all of them can benefit from your services. So how do, you, how do you find the right clients today for your business? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And, and because, as you said, you know, we can work with a solo entrepreneur to a larger corporation. There are all really an unlimited amount of, of clients that, that we can, um, can work with. And so attracting the, the right clients to our business, I think first the most important thing is that you have to know your business inside and out. So for me, I have a really uh, good understanding of our industry and really firm knowledge of what we offer. Um, that helps me to be able to talk to clients and, and attract the most interested clients and the ones that are going to be the best fit for our business and, and what we have to offer. Um, the people who are going to be most interested in, in your offerings They'll be able to see how knowledgeable you are and they'll be able to seek your assistance. And because they see how knowledgeable you are about, in my case, the industry, or in other cases, it might be another product or service, they're able to ask you um, any question that they have, see you as the number one resource in that area. And as you're discussing those, uh, their questions with them and you're answering those questions, you're really able to see if they're going to be the best fit for, for your business, for your product, for your service. That's so great. Yeah. Love it. Well, I, I've loved the conversation. And before we wrap up there, there's one thing that I wanted to, to help the listeners really learn about. And, and me too. It's like when you're getting ready to uh, hire either your first virtual assistant or you're debating employee versus assistant, you know, what's one thing that this, the listeners can do to, to get themselves ready to, to engage with your company? What can they do today to say, all right, what, what should I do so I can take some of this work off my plate so I can create more capacity 
And so I don't have to be so busy. What can they do first before, you know, so they get ready to engage with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the first thing, there's really uh, sort of two, two steps to this. The first thing is really understanding uh, the distinction for a client between needing a virtual assistant versus ready to hire a virtual assistant. That is, um, there's a distinction there. And, you know, lots of folks will think that they are, um, are interested in hiring a virtual assistant because they're ready to uh, have a more agile business or a more profitable business or take some time off of their plate. But there is a distinction between needing and, and being ready. Um, you know, you need a virtual assistant if you're finding yourself spending a lot more time on administration than building your business or working on your business. Um, if you've sort of lost that excitement for building a business and you feel like you're going through the motions, uh, if things are falling through the cracks, uh, if you feel like you're not catching up on your work, uh, those are all reasons that you might need a virtual assistant. But typically, needing a virtual assistant isn't necessarily enough, and you have to be ready to hire a virtual assistant. So when you're ready to hire a virtual assistant, um, you know that you're, you're generating revenue. Um, you don't have to be rolling in the cash. Uh, you can certainly start slow, and, and with our company, um, there are no minimums, so you could just use a few hours a week if you need to. But you do want to have um, some revenue generation, and you have to be ready to uh, let go a little bit. Um, you have to give up the idea that you have to have your hand in every single little detail of the business. That can be sometimes difficult for, for entrepreneurs. Um, and the, the third thing I think about being ready about hiring a virtual assistant is having processes in place or you have to be willing to make them. So when you are ready to pull the trigger, um, you either have to have a process and system for how you do things or you have to be willing to take your virtual assistant's advice um, on creating those processes and systems and and be willing to do that and systematize and automate some of the tasks and projects that are happening in your business because that's going to make this a much smoother process and and really provide the value to the clients uh, that they're looking for as well. I appreciate that because one of the things that I do for clients is help them build a strategic plan so they know step-by-step step exactly what they're going to do and when. And by doing that, now you can say, all right, these are the things that I'm going to delegate to my virtual assistant and these are the things that I'm going to take on myself. So I think our two businesses fit very well in exactly what you said. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for doing that for me. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thanks, Danielle, for being here today. Uh, Danielle Cuomo at virtual at virtualassistusa.com. Um, and don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at, at Adam Kipnis or download my book at freebookfromadam.com. Thanks, Danielle, for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for having me. Great. And thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Look forward to talking with you all soon. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.